Hello, listeners. Just a really quick note from me before we get stuck into this episode of the Paddler's Pod. Episode 49, you thought we would get it right, but not just yet. Macca has had a little slip up today. Uh, His microphone setting was a little bit too hot, and there is a little bit of crackling, a little bit of distortion throughout the podcast. It's nothing unlistenable. We're certainly not going to chuck it in the bin. So just an apology. We'll have it fixed for next time, but enjoy this episode of the Paddler's Pod. Watch it, boys racing. Here we go, and go hard. And go hard. Welcome back to The Paddler Pod with one paddler, Mackenzie Heinart. It's great to have you back on the water now, Mac, or at least one of us is a paddler. We can get these podcasts moving again. Uh, I am Sam Jordan, joined by Mackenzie Heinart. Macca, how are you? I'm great. I'm excellent. I, uh, I'm out of... Yeah, I'm out of the uh, garage and I'm back into the water, so things have never looked better in my life, to be honest. <laughs> that is good stuff to hear. How is it going back on the water? That must be a nice feeling, hey? Oh, it's the best. It's like I every session I do is honestly like I can improve every session. I know I've got eight weeks to go. I mean, I'm going to be a proper late ditch effort to the line to try and get to this world titles and... In theory, my goal is to put forward my best 80 minutes of paddling on the 2nd of December um, and everything else in between is a bit of a bonus. So that's good to have a goal and it allows me to like, you know, not be too caught up in like making sure that I'm right for the 20 beaches, making I'm sure I'm right for Hong Kong. Obviously, these are all leading, you know, stepping stones to the big bit and I'll draw heaps of confidence off them if I can go well. But yeah, it's, it's just nice to be out paddling again. You've just come back in from a downwinder as well. We may as well talk about that. You know, we can chalk up the little wins along the way, can't we? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I ended up finishing in front of Corey. So if he's listening, smoked you. If he doesn't, well, doesn't matter. But uh, it was pretty bumpy ride out there. We're both sort of complaining about our core because we felt like we were just, get, we were just doing a washing machine. We figured it was going to be really good. It was like 25 knots, but it was, it was sort of anything but and really hard to contend with. Sort of what... I guess the dragon run is a little bit like so I mean it's just it's just awesome to be back paddling and out of the garage to be honest um getting off and on the water is a little bit challenging and I do feel sorry for Corey especially who's been the kind one who's taken my ski down to the water and carried it back up every session so maybe yeah maybe I shouldn't rub too much in his face about winning one paddle back if he's done the nice thing but yeah things are I'm pumped. Things are good. Obviously, sounds like I'm the only one doing the paddling. Well, you know what? Maybe I was being a little bit dramatic at the start of this podcast. I too have actually (laughs) been able to get back on the water a little bit. Uh, In fact, last week and this week, I'm going to paddle twice. Uh, Twice in the one week. Um, But my shoulder is slowly, slowly starting to get there. I did 14Ks last Saturday. Uh, It felt like 40. It's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible how hard it has become. But... Uh, slow and steady. Uh, we're not doing anything Wins too the race. brash at the moment. Yeah, we're just trying to take our time with it and make sure I get that shoulder fixed uh, and, you know, can paddle towards the back end of the summer, probably in the surf life savings scene. But 
Look, the FOMO is slowly starting to climb, especially when we've got mm. so many people posting on social media, which we're going to chat about in a moment. But Maka, there certainly is that feeling, isn't there, that we are now starting to ramp things up because it's the end of next month that we have the Shore and Partners WA Race Week and the ICF Ocean Racing World Championships. That, to say out loud, it actually, <laughs> yeah, actually makes true. me a little bit stunned. I have left my run really late here. It is like... There's still a lot of time, but there isn't. Like when you say that, it's next month. It's the end of next month. We'll be, you know, we'll be gearing up for the last races of the season. Like that's a scary thought and it is quite jam-packed. And I know like these last couple of months, there hasn't been much on. And I think everyone's just been doing a lot of work and it's going to be interesting to see when this racing comes around because you might put your best foot forward at the 20 beaches but you've got a month, right? Like there's no way you're staying up at your peak for a whole month. So how do you maintain that um, leading through? Because they're like all these races, are, I mean, there's some that are bigger than others. There's ones that people value more, but like they're all huge races nonetheless that all have, you know, quite a large um, pool of money to um to be taken mm. up for grabs gee i can i think i can feel a few people getting nervous out there <laughs> by the conversation around racing starting to ramp back up but it is coming maca and the stoke is climbing there is so much for us to chat about at the moment so let's get stuck straight into it the peddler's pod power plays and the power plays on this episode of the paddler's pod are once again brought to you by Viacobi. number three well, we're talking about the rising stoke in the surf ski world, and you don't have to look too far to find it. In fact, it's pretty hard to miss at the moment. Maka, are you sensing a rise in social media content at the moment? Everybody is starting to get that little bit more active online as we start to approach these big races. Yeah, I reckon there's a lot of tactics going on, hey? Like, oh, isn't it? They're, everyone's like, we spoke about Hank on the last episode taking shirtless selfies in the gym. Like, if that's not an intimidation game, Corey's posts and videos, which I, I thoroughly quite like, and I actually uh-huh. made mention, it was um, the big family man and like, you know, oh what? my god, you know what? We actually at the end of the last episode said that we might start dedicating a, a little a little social media shout out rather at the end of each episode. I have that locked and loaded up my yeah. sleeve. Where I, I don't want to go into that too much now. Let's leave that. But yes, Corey's another one who's been posting stuff. But what's caught my eye the most, Macca, is the Downwind Drag Race Instagram page, which has been around now for the best part of a year and doing an outstanding job too. We've sung their praises before on this podcast because, Macca, they did what we did, yeah. and that was actually just start collating <laughs> the fastest split times around the world. That's And we are very grateful for them to do it. But... Even just yesterday, just this week, they've posted online an updated leaderboard of the fastest one kilometer splits that are coming in. And we're starting to see more and more new entries. At the very top, Hank McGregor, 45 to 49 age category. Mm, It's right there on the top of his spreadsheet. He has paddled a 247 
in his single surf ski. And that was at the end of September. So not too long ago now. Boyan Zlatarev from the Surf Ski Center in Tarifa. He's dropped a 252. We have Walter Bazan who has paddled a 255. Brent Chiazari, who I actually haven't met before, he's dropped a 258. And then you still have, of recent months as well, Kenny Rice, a 258. Dean Gardner, a 258. Hang on, And right what? there, in the top 10 still, our very own Mackenzie Heiner with 301. Yes. So you are still three seconds behind <laughs> Dean Gardner, who, gee, look at his age category, 55 to 59. Maka, what are we going to do about you going sub three minutes? Uh, there's got to be something. Actually, I'm not like in all my surf skiing prowess, if you call it that, whatever you want to call it, accolades. I don't have anywhere near as many as Corey Hill and he is yet to go under three minutes. So I reckon that's a question for him and I'll just follow whatever he does. But who knows? Look, as someone who is lining up in these big races this year, what do you think when you look at all these times starting to get dropped? A 247 <laughs> from Hank is absolutely outrageous. I think it's more the fact that he's doing six sub three minute kilometers in the downwind paddle, right? That just happened to be the fastest kilometer. So all of his other ones would probably make me 20th on the list because he had six kilometers under the three minute mark. I like to think that maybe there's a bit of differentiation in the watch and I'll just run with that. (laughs) And I'm going to say that the Gold Coast is just a harder paddle, harder place to do downwinds Sure, leave it at that. Sure, I love it. Uh, Maka, we're also starting to see... Some 320s drop from some of our female paddlers as well. Sharon Armstrong with a 323. Kira Bester, wow. a 324. So I think a while ago, we did make the comparison, didn't we, that like a, a three-minute K for the elite men's paddlers was like a sub-330 for, for our elite women's paddlers. You know, we see Danielle McKenzie drop so many 320s throughout some of her splits as well. So the pace is really starting to come on for someone like Kira Bester too, given the form that she was in at the Gorge Downwind Championships. We're starting to turn some heads, Macca. This is going to be a red hot, red hot race this year. I think you made mention of it then. If we go way, way back to our original podcast where we had almost, we had guests on almost every episode D-Mac's goal, I remember, was to go sub 3.30. Like that was, like you said, what it was like for us to go three minutes. And to see just, you know, girls now posting that time day in, day out, it shows what is happening in that surf ski space for the women. It's like, it's out of control. But yeah, like I think, like I said, this is, these are all intimidation games. Like everyone hasn't raced for so long and we know we're coming into like such a big block. There's like eight weeks here in Australia. There's literally eight weeks for me of racing. And it's like, if you start out with a bad one, you got time. Don't get me wrong, but it takes someone special to be able to pull yourself out. And especially like week on week, it may be different. You might have a bad race at the beginning of the eight week block and you're fine by the end. But if you have a bad race at the doctor, like it's going to take someone super special to be able to back up and and come out and, and blow the world apart in the world championships. And it's not the only Instagram page that has caught our eye as well. Mission Surf Ski has popped up online too. They've been collating recent posts. They've been grabbing quotes and headlines from what different people have said around the world. It's a one-stop shop on Instagram as well for a bit more Surf Ski Stoke. Vaca, we love to see it. 
more of a spotlight on our sport. Yeah, it's uh, it's adding fuel to my fire. Actually, I saw they're posting. Oh, what? Bit of oh, I love it. Fuel <laughs> on your fire, just from seeing photos of other guys online. In fact, you know what? You said three times already in this podcast episode that people posting splits online is intimidation tactics. You're starting to flick that switch into race mode, aren't you? Yeah, dude, I'm ready to go. Like, I'd, I'd need to race. I haven't raced yet. It's going to be a rude shock when I do. Um, this weekend. I will be at the uh, North Bondi Ocean Ski Classic. So that's just around the corner. A nice short and sharp race that I'll probably explode my forearms on. But um, it's, they, they're doing a lot on the story side of things and actually a few quizzes around. Like who has won two world titles and they have, you know, some multiple choice answers. And I think one of them was like, who's going to win the 2023 world championships? And it was uh, Kenny Rice, Hank McGregor, Mackenzie Heinart or other. And Kenny, (laughs) Kenny got 23 votes. Hank got, and don't quote me on my maths, please. 23% was Kenny, 30% something said hank and 44 said other other and i posted a a zero percentage and i was like oh (laughs) brutal i mean i'm just gonna say say that that is uh, that is great i'm just gonna say that not even you flicked a vote yeah well i didn't i only saw (laughs) who did you vote for i only saw it after the fact but um yeah it was uh it's funny so adding fuel to my fire oh maca <laughs> That's caught me off guard. That's very funny. <laughs> I saw it in bed. That is, that is very And I good. was like, yeah, it's fair enough. I really haven't done much. So, you know what? If anyone didn't vote for me, so be it. You're probably right. Oh, come on, mate. Let's keep that energy up because you're right. There isn't long to go. Guys, jump online <laughs> and check out some of these pages as well. Flick some times in too uh, and see where you're landing against the world's best. That's good. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Well, we alluded to it on the last episode of the Paddler's Pod that Valentin Hennot has always been an adventure man. He's sailed his yacht for the most part around the world. He's taken on all kinds of challenges. But when he very randomly posted this one online, I have to admit it actually caught me off guard. Val set out to ride his bike from the easternmost point of Australia, which is Byron Bay, all the way across the desert to the westernmost point on the west coast of Western Australia. That's right, it's the west. This is an incredible undertaking, particularly the fact that he's going across desert as well. It's a really tough time of year to be trying to do it with the heat and that kind of thing. But most of all, he wasn't going by the road. He said he was going to take on dirt roads and tracks, purposely avoiding any assistance for six and a half hours thousand kilometers this really did defy belief particularly because of the fact that it is starting to get into summer temperatures are around 45 degrees in the middle of the country the prevailing wind is from west to east across the desert so you're riding into a headwind not only that but his bike was going to be loaded up with 70 kilograms of luggage in order to make it happen uh look you know what before we actually go any further maca doesn't that say a lot about that man yeah he is, uh, he's the full action and adventure icon, isn't he? He always has been ever since we know, we've know we known him. I'm pretty sure, actually, I thought he sailed to the World Championships in Tahiti in 2015 on a boat. I he thought re- he, no, I thought he did too. He, no, he, he was He was sailing with his brother, who, a brother and friends, and they actually have a, 
a documentary about it and some yeah, amazing we've shouted it out a yeah. few times so it's gone on the website yeah he him and his brother did that he actually flew into tahiti but he um yeah he he's sort of been here in australia and i guess he's been he's a bit of a He's a bit of a nomad. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. And he's sort of found home here for quite some time. And it took him a while to adapt. I remember when he first came, he stayed in my house and built a a home, well, basically a little camper van and somewhere that he could live out of his van for a while and got used to the Australian lifestyle. He wasn't very accustomed to getting up at 5 a.m. in you know, compared to what the French are normally used to. <laughs> so he came around and then found a job uh, coaching the junior or the QAS junior development team and he's been around and doing that and had some amazing results in that scene, which we've spoken about before. And I think it came to a point for him where like he was missing that sense of adventure and he hadn't had it for a while and he was I remember I actually caught up with him uh before he left the, the night before he left what about this we, we had he had drinks the night before he left and he was there till 8 8 a.m. and then got up at 5 a.m. and just you know set off on his bike wait wait he was there till 8 a.m. sorry 8 p.m. that would have been that would have been my bad well I thought you know what like actually it was only on the last episode we spoke about Val and Hector used to sleep in you know boat covers at races and that kind of thing but look all of this aside our man Val set off now the one thing that he didn't actually account for was the first unseasonal heat wave of the year completely roasting Australia like I'm talking out in the middle of the country it was getting close to 50 degrees val got a week in some 700 kilometers but the reality of the situation was that it was a relatively impossible task like some of the sand dunes and some of the photos of he posted like of what his bike was getting bogged in mm. you know every 10 meters it's only like, gonna get worse it wasn't on the road it was it was an unbelievable undertaking but look the reason i want to speak about this actually today on the podcast is not just because of the incredible challenge that Val took on, but for the social media posts that he actually put up as well when he did realize that it was an impossible task and he was going to actually have to call it quits. And I thought it was a really raw reflection um, and, and something mm. too that, you know, although he's on a bike in this scenario, a lot of it actually relates to surf ski paddling too because, you know, some of the paddles that I know we've done respectively, you know, over our time, like, you're kind of out in the middle of the ocean thinking that you have to keep going or you're thinking you have to do this downwind or paddle in these conditions, but fuck, sometimes you actually just need to use a bit of common sense and listen to the situation. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen what Val posted online, it was a really beautiful post where essentially he said that, you know, he, he felt ashamed and he was quite raw about that, but the reality of the situation that he was going through is so much more water each day than he had planned. He He's, he was cut open from sitting on the seat. Mm. He was injured. His knee actually blew out as well. And that he was looking for this sensor adventure again and that he was going to have another crack soon. So Val, congratulations to you for two things. One, even what you actually achieved in that week is is mind-blowing, but also to, to have the awareness and to, to also show that emotion too in terms of not being able to take on the rest of your challenge. I think you should really be proud of yourself for that and the surf ski world certainly applauds you but Maka, that's the last perhaps we're going to see of Val for a little while in Australia because the man's gone on holidays to New Zealand he's posted on social media that he's not allowed back into the country <laughs> yeah. and he's not going to do the Shore and Partners WR Race Week and the ICF World Championships yeah it's it's going to be a little while uh 
I actually caught up with him and I we went to the gym at Jeremy Cotter's uh, back tin shed, which is just like a sweat box and it's pretty disgusting, but it still does the job. And Val opened the door and he was there and he's like, oh, I'm going to New Zealand today. I was like, hang on, 24 hours ago, you said you were going to start training and do the world championships. So things change drastically in Val's life and he loves that sense of adventure, which I and you and everyone know. He did make mention one thing. He lost seven kilos in that time. No way. So he started at 77 and and came back at 70. So like that's the proper reflection of like how that's a what's in one week. Wow, Jesus. You, that is insane. I know. That's I was like I, I when he said oh, I can yeah, I'm 70. I was like waiting for what he was going to say next, like the next kilogram and he was like no no no, 70. And I'm like right. Jeez. He has taken taken off again and t- brought his bike with him and he's going to ride around New Zealand instead. The Sean Partners WA Race Week was sort of always off the cards as was the World Championships when he planned for this riding adventure but there was a brief moment there where he thought he might be able to get fit and do it again when he came back um, and then found the New Zealand adventure and then he's going to head off to Indonesia and, and do some travelling there but yeah, I think he might be a little bit stuck based on uh, the Australian government email that he put on social media that you all know because he I think he has three days as a stopover back here in Australia. Um, not sure how that works, but maybe we can do something to help. We can start, you can write a, a letter of recommendation. Yeah. Maybe we can from the paddlers. <laughs> That's right. If you're a high-ranking government official who is listening to this podcast and you work in the immigration department, feel free to get in touch. We want to help out our man Val so he can continue his adventures and no doubt we will see him back in the scam, back on our shores some point soon. Number one. Well, we did speak plenty about my Greek summer holiday on the last episode of the Paddlers Pod and some of our renowned surf ski paddlers from around the world have actually enjoyed their own summer holiday in Greece too but this time they weren't there to drink pina coladas (laughs) and get a little bit of sun instead they were there for the Mediterranean Games now this is an event that has drawn plenty of support from surf ski paddlers over the past few years and it was on again in 2023 so the format of this race is that I don't know really how to describe it. I guess it's like a Commonwealth Games for kind of Mediterranean countries, if you get what I mean. Like some of the sports that they actually have on there is like they got well, obviously a lot of beach events, beach handball, volleyball, soccer, and tennis. Not to forget wrestling, Macro. I know you yes. like jumping into that. There is actually open water rowing. There's canoe ocean racing. There's open water swimming. So th- there are plenty of... Actually, I shouldn't forget kiteboarding too. You know, that's a pretty big one. Anywhere there's wind as well. So there's a lot of these kind of more fringe sports that get their time in the spotlight. And this time around, there was plenty of spotlight on it in Europe because of the depth of field that did line up. It's a 10-kilometer race, and it was absolutely flying, although the conditions weren't quite what everyone had hoped for. Greece is such a windy part of the world, but I don't think it quite delivered Although when you look at the times, gee, they were certainly red hot. Walter Bazan did take it out. Another title to the Spanish veteran's name in a time of 41 minutes. That was 45 seconds of Bernardo Pereira from Portugal, the rising star, who was less than two seconds ahead of Hector Hennot from France. Valentin's brother, we spoke about Hector on the last episode of the Paddlers Pod. Behind them, uh, by a reasonable distance as well, was Javier Gonzalez from Spain, Nicolas Lambert from France, Victor Du from France, 
Nicolo Rosetto from Italy, and then there was plenty more paddlers after that. Maka, another title to Walter's name. When will this man stop? Never. I think it's a it's going to be a contest of who can paddle the fastest and or the longest period out of him and Hank. I reckon that's what it's going to come down to. I thought you were going to say it's going to come down to that in the races this year, and I thought, yeah, that's actually just a normal yeah, first year race. That's who can awesome. paddle the fastest for the longest? <laughs> I just mean yeah for the lo- the yeah for the longest period of longevity of their uh, career I I don't know who that's going to be because they are uh, they look like they're hitting their straps bigger and better than ever you look at those it's incredible look at the fastest times that we just spoke off in the downwind drag race it looks like you have to be over thirty five to feature in the top five people so there's no slowing down one warning message Val left before we left was before he left was Walter's paddling faster than ever which is a scary thought because he's won world marathon championships and done some other crazy things I don't know how many cellar descents he's won he's a statue of himself in that town because he's such a hero (laughs) there Uh, I wouldn't say it's the rise of European paddling because we've seen that this is like them coming to take over and that's what's going to be the next thing he's the veteran of that side and he's, I guess he's paving, paving the way and showing what's possible. And especially if, you know, we saw it at the World Championships last year. There was three Europeans in the top 10. Like, and that will no doubt be more this time around. It's cool to see. It is great to see. In the women's, it was Judith Verges Zifra from Spain who did take victory. She was almost a minute and a half ahead of Thais Del Rue from France, Amaya Asaba Oliberi from Spain rounding out the top three. We have seen Judith coming to Australia a bit in the past year, Matt, because she was actually in Perth at the start of the year for the Australian Surf Lifesaving Championships. Unclear at the moment whether she'll be coming down under for the world titles. You would probably think she would, and when she's paddling like this, she is. she's a confirm. really good paddler. And they're coming out for the calling out of gold and, and staying on for all the races, so they'll be another oh, force unreal. to be reckoned with. I got all the goss, don't I? I'm dropping all the news. You have been the news, man. <laughs> Maka, far out. I need to start lifting my game. Yeah, really good to see Judith uh, back down under in Australia and especially with a bit of wind as well because like we just mentioned there, she's a really, ta- really talented ocean woman. So I'm excited to see her get into some of that Western Australian wind, which isn't too far away. We keep saying it. We are going to start to see racing heat up in Australia. You did mention that, Maka. The next round of the Australian Ocean Racing Series is coming up this week in Sydney. There will be plenty of big names lining up. While over in South Africa, they're not too far away from the Pete Marlin either, which is arguably the biggest uh, surf ski race on their calendar each year. Of course, they have the Cape Point Challenge as well at that longer distance, but that is always an explosive race as well. So plenty for us to keep an eye on as we start to get closer to the end of the year. The changing of the seasons. This is the time, Maka, when a bit of a spring clean of our wardrobes. It's time to throw out that stained paddling top that you've been wearing for six or seven years and For me, it was my paddling shorts that had holes in them that I needed to get rid of and restock with some appropriate gear, whether it's warm gear in the Southern Hemisphere or rather hot weather gear in the Southern Hemisphere and some cold weather gear in the North. And you can do that at viacobi.com. Maka, how's your wardrobe looking at the moment? Yeah, I'm good. I stocked up. Um, I, I was, for once, I'm ahead of the game and it's never felt better, to be honest. I did have to go up a size in pant though so oh i don't know why i don't know why i'd admitted that uh but yeah anyway they're they're nice they're a nicer fit uh, we should get you me. on val's bike 
and push you out into the <laughs> desert for a week. What do you reckon? For just for a week. Heels. <laughs> might be might be the best way to go. I'll be back down to a small pant, but <laughs> I'm good. I'm restocked. I'm ready to go. I've got my new uh, new Nordic logo on, on the gear too. So things are exciting. Well, thankfully, Vicobi makes gear for all shapes and sizes and all ability of paddlers as well. This isn't elite stuff that we're talking. If you're a beginner, if you're an experienced paddler, you want to stay warm or you want to be protected from the sun no matter what. And Vicobi.com has everything you need, not just paddling clothes, but also those must-have accessories like leashes and life jackets as well as some of the bells and whistles too. Maka, that surf padlock that they've got to go on their outside of your car to hide your keys. The sunnies, they've got it all at viacobi.com. Head there today. Now, Maka, we are going to be hearing from some paddlers from around the world about their experiences of the World Championships, but I thought this episode presented a really good opportunity to have a chat to those who haven't quite cemented their trip yet. Now, We've been making jokes about, you know, you creaming at the last minute for the world titles. (laughs) You still have eight weeks. That is still long enough to put together a good preparation if you are on the fence. It's not too late yet for you to book your trip to get to Perth. So, Maka, my question for you is that knowing Western Australia and the conditions that we might get over there for the world titles... What are you trying to do in training over the next eight weeks to ensure that you're ready? Is that you're trying to get as much downwind in as possible? Are you trying to bank some Ks in the flat and get a bit of fitness? What's on your mind? I'm going to give away all my secrets. Anyway, that's what we do here, all for free. That's right. We're, we're, who's, who's listening? I mean, who's listening? <laughs> I think for me, it's trying to spend the most amount of time in the open water and paddling from point A to point B is something that, you know, we can continually, it's easy to go and do, you know, uh, interval session on the flat. Like that, that is easy and can be done time and time again, carbon copy. I don't think much can replicate what, what it is like paddling point A to point B. Um, there is obviously about a one and a half kilometer side wind, maybe headwind. I'd probably go side wind at the start of this race. And that's something not to neglect, right? Because when you turn that marker, it is going to be possibly one of the best 18 kilometer stretches that you will ever paddle. Hopefully the wind. Yeah. I mean, it's we picked. It's the windiest time of the year. You know, what I mean, we're going to be very unlucky if we don't. I mean, I'm not going to do the old Oscar. We're 100 percent getting wind because it's all right. You don't, have to dig, you, you don't have to dig yourself into a hole. You can just walk away from this. You know, train of thought. You don't have to make any promises. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> I think fine. everyone knows that Perth is very windy at this time of year, and that you can't control okay. the weather. That's good. Anyway, so I think that that but that first one and a half kilometers. You want to somewhat replicate that in training. You want to be able to be put on the spot because that's going to be hard. Everyone's going to go out hard. It's not like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, we'll just float out to the turn. It doesn't matter what age group you're paddling in or what you know goal you have. You're going to get caught up in the racing part of that. You'll get sucked along and you'll paddle faster than you thought or thought that you may. And then when you hit that turning marker is like the time that you really want to start ramping it up. And if you've spent all your bickies getting there, then it's going to take you. And I've been, you know, I've done this way too many times where I've got to the turning marker and basically just put my paddles down. I'm like, <gasps> big 
gasping breaths trying to um, get some energy back before taking off. So I think that's probably something that I will be doing is like really putting pressure on the blade at the start of those point A to point B paddles um, to replicate the real hard start of a downwind race. Actually, you just can't replicate racing and training. So I say all this about the training I'm going to be doing, but my main focus is racing as many times as I possibly can between now and that time. And the training part for me will will make up maybe some miles in the bank. But mm. like I want to get to the worlds and not have to worry. I'm not thinking about like, oh, what paddling clothes am i wearing where's my drink gonna go where's my leash gonna go like i've raced enough and perfected that lead up to know what i need to do to race my best great and point. i think that is a big part like you can do all the training you want but if you don't have clear goals race plan or race preparation race plan how are you meant to execute that on the day and yeah you're probably going to come off disappointed a little bit it's a good point too about replicating those kind of race environments even at training like you know having your bladder with the amount of water that you want in it or you know having the right mix of electrolytes you have your leash on at training you know just kind of getting familiar with those things putting on your national team tracksuit walking around the living room practicing waving smiling for (laughs) photos all these things for the opening ceremony maybe leaving a bit of dessert room for dessert because the markets are on that night of the opening Mm. ceremony as well. And I know there are some tasty treats. So all of these things should be going through your head at the moment. But the number one thing is that now is the time to enter. We we know that you're coming. We know that you're coming. There's a lot of you out there that are coming and have booked, but you haven't yet entered the race. And the time to do that is now. So jump online, get that sorted. And if you're thinking about coming to the World Championships, well, as Michael Booth said the other day in a video that went online, if you're thinking about coming, you should have booked already. So now's the time to get (laughs) into the swing of it because it is going to be an incredible celebration of Surfski and we want to see you there. All right, Maka, we said we were going to talk about this before the podcast ended today and I think now's the perfect time before we wrap things up. On the last episode of the Paddlers Pod, we shouted out Hank McGregor. Because that man who is looking as ripped as ever, is looking as fit as ever, posting the times that he is, has been active on social media to get in people's heads. And now we have the reply from his (laughs) longtime Molokai adversary, the great Corey Hill putting everyone in their place with an unusual uptake of social media content from Corey Hill too. It's worth noting But there he is running down the street, something that Corey isn't renowned for. He's running. He's running down the road and then it cuts to shots of his beautiful children. It's a reminder to the world. Corey's saying, hey, you know what? I'm still one of the world's best paddlers and I'm dealing with three young boys. The end of the video, not not only... Not only is he throwing Ari into the air at one point, he then sits down at a desk with a CN Hill accountant's branded folder ready to go. This man is doing the work. (laughs) I love it. I reckon it's great. I said to him, I was like, look, I reckon it's not 
it's not corny. Like it is actually a representation of you. I spend enough time with Corey to know that that's exactly what happens. Owns his own business, got three kids, loving wife, trains the house down. And like, it, you have to be selfish to do that in a way. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, but it's it's cool. Like, I think it is like a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a reminder that we almost aren't a professional sport we all have things outside of the sport and we all will forever and i think we almost prefer it that way but yeah it's definitely it couldn't have been timed much better as like a reply to the old intimidation game of the hank mcgregor let's make it clear that the intimidation mentioned for the fifth time now are your words and not not shared or that of the paddlers pod but look macca they're actually look i'm i'm laughing with Corey because i did actually say to him when i spoke to him the other day oh that video that you posted i haven't seen Corey run like that since it's on the nutrigrain series but there and it does have a point and it's a very good point and this is what's great about our sport he said being a father and balancing being an athlete has been the best thing for him. Yeah, sometimes it's hard and it keeps him grounded. When he doesn't get a result he wants, he has so much to fall back on and refocus. It's also his biggest motivator. These little insights, and we're not making fun of it, although we did laugh at the start, these insights into the lives of these athletes, Maka, are unreal. And it's what our sport has been crying out for for so long as well. Like we try and do our bit by chatting to different people on the podcast and talking about things that they've been up to. But I want more of this content. This is a call out. It's a challenge. People, start showing us your surf ski lives. Get it online and let us know because it is awesome. Raw. Raw is better. Well, that's a kind of awkward thing to end the podcast on, but Maka, we may as well leave it there. Maka saying wow, Rory's yeah. better, let's, but uh, let's, uh, thank let's you, that up everyone. It has been another great episode of the Paddlers Pod. Maka, thank you for your time as well. It is great to be back oh, together. Right. A very it special is. surprise plan for the next episode of the Paddlers Pod, which according to my <laughs> maths, no, 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 but you know what? According to my maths, Maka, it is actually episode, it is episode number 50 on the next episode of the Paddlers Pod. A half century. That's worth celebrating. Yeah, a, I think that's unbelievable. Yeah. An incredible achievement for hat. us. It has only taken 50 years as well. Uh, but <laughs> we will have a little bit more to say about that online too. So, Maka, thank you so much for your time and happy training. Sorry, I didn't really know what I was going to say there. Happy paddling. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, Sam. Take care. Until next time. I've ruined that. You Until did. next quick... time. Take care and enjoy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs>